Welcome to the Payfac Embedded Payments Podcast, brought to you by Payrix. As payments and software experts that eat, sleep, and breathe embedded payments, we're as passionate about you as you are about your customers. Each podcast episode will provide insights about embedded payments designed to help you fuel the transformation and growth of your software business. You'll learn from industry experts, Payrix customers, and leaders on the Payrix team about the latest trends, best practices, and real-world guidance from payments experts to help you take your software platform higher. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Payback Embedded Payments Podcast brought to you by Payrix. I'm your host, Bob Butler, and today I'm going to be speaking with Steve Wilson, who is the head of revenue for WorldPay for Platforms. And we're going to be talking about the various ways or business models a software can integrate payments into their software. So hi, Steve, and welcome to the show. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me here. Excited. Ready for this? I am excited you're here. Before we get going, Steve, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your software and payments experience? Yeah, you bet. My career started 20 years, gosh, 20 years ago with Mercury Payment Systems. So I was really born into the integrated payment side of the business, but all of my career has been working with software developers to, you know, ultimately enable payments. But for many of those years and kind of through some of those acquisitions and mergers, I think we've really expanded even the integrated payments model, the original integrated payments model. I think we've built and support the largest payment facilitators in North America today. And then obviously with our most recent acquisition of Payrix in 2021, we now have a great Payfac as a service solution. So really, we're the one-stop shop for embedded payments for verticalized software. So I guess you did ask a little bit about me, but uh, I'm a payments geek, I guess, like you, Bob. Um, <laughs> I reside in Denver, and I stay, uh, I stay super busy with my family. You can find me probably my downtime traveling, cooking, skiing, or, or hiking somewhere. Yeah, I've always enjoyed my time with you, Steve, You know, especially given your your... You are like the OG of integrated payments, and uh, <laughs> it's been great getting to know you and getting to work with you for the past year and a half. Well, diving right in, what I'd love for you to do is if you could explain the different ways or the different model options for integrating or embedding payments into a software platform, because I know you have a lot of experience in this space. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, at a high level, let's see, I really think about software and payments evolution you know, where historically we had this a bunch of software companies and they were either directly or indirectly through VARs and the payment processors did all the legwork to do all the boarding of the merchants. We did all the support um, and the developers in the past just didn't want really anything to do with it. So this is why we pioneered that original ISV partnership model. And the other concept is to become a full payment facilitator this is where a software company completely registers with the card brands. They hold the risk. They operate like an independent payments company. And I think this has also become a really great business where we can offer this service to what I characterize as a little bit more of a sophisticated, verticalized software platform. And then right smack in the middle, you've got Payfac as a service. And we're really seeing considerable growth there because a lot of these verticalized software partners are adopting what they want in this particular model, which is, you know, they don't want to be a referral. 
and they don't want to be a full-blown pay fact. They want kind of what we call that hybrid model. So high level, those are still the three models that I see today. Well, can you describe each one of those models in a little more detail, like starting with the referral, the ISV referral model, and then moving on all the way through to the payment facilitator model? Okay. Yeah. So if you think about the referral model, this is really the old, I call it the feed on the stream model, and it's been around a while, but it's the integrated payments referral model that was built really as a different distribution model to disrupt the old bank or the merchant require of merchant acquire referral models. So I think if you, if you go back to like the early 2000s, this was started companies by, like I said, Mercury Payment Systems. It was a heavy ISV developer focus. Referrals came out of these developers. You have an inside sales team that's doing all the selling and the merchant boarding, basically all that all that legwork. So back then you had these, this payments became part of the, the software sale and overall application process. And it was a great solution, I think, really back then. And even today, I would state that we still see some of our large partners that want to stay out of the merchant servicing side of it. They want to stay out of the merchant sales side of it. So they just continue to uh, use that referral model. And kind of lastly, I'd say on referral, when you think about revenue, and we'll talk a lot about revenue as we, as we go through this, Doing the merchant servicing and doing the merchant boarding, you're going to get the lion's share of the re- of the payments revenue. So that's that's why that was such an attractive model many many years ago. I think on the other side of that spectrum is the payment facilitator model. Definitely more sophisticated. Definitely not for everyone. Um, it's certainly gained a lot more traction in terms of mind share. I'd say over like the last six years where everybody's kind of saying, you know, if you're a SaaS software company, we want you to become a payments company. We want you to monetize payments. Or if they have been monetizing payments to a small degree, they want them to monetize them even more. So we're seeing this model kind of working today, and it's, and it's where software companies make that decision that they want to be a full-blown payback company. And a lot of times they're ready to be a full-blown payback or, or they're not. I think the appeal, however, is that they want to increase their overall market valuation. And that's, you know, it's a good thing. We, we want to help them overall see that market valuation go up. They're trying to get what I characterize as exponential revenue growth. And at the same time, they're trying to get these sticky relationships that's going to lead to this higher valuation. I think, though, in reality, that's really hard. You have to register, and that's the super easy part. But then you have to become... You have to build out your payments infrastructure. You got to manage, you have to manage that payments infrastructure. And we're talking risk, we're talking underwriting, capturing all KYC, AML, managing the funding to submergence. You need to be kind of best in class in terms of regulatory risk and overall compliance. Because we all know if you don't do these things really well, there can be some really bad losses and overall expensive lessons. And then as you think about Payfac as a service, I think that, like I said earlier, that this right smack in the middle, that Payfac as a service option combines kind of the best of both worlds. And I think right now, today, it's, it's the sweet spot for vertical SaaS provider software, isn't it? It just sort of allows them to come in to a solution, you know, that's not referral, that's not Payfac, and enter that space a lot faster. 
Well, I mean, I, I guess at a high level, Steve, why would a software company pick one model versus the other, you know, sort of the referral model versus the payback model versus the hybrid, which is the payback as a service? And I know that you've seen some of your legacy referral model customers actually move to both the payback as a service as well as full-blown payback. Why does a company want to choose one or the other? Yeah, it's a good question. I think I really think it comes down to where they are in their business cycle. As you know, we see a lot of software companies that have, have a desire to go quickly down a, a monetization path. And then that may be the desire and the level of sophistication or the appetite of risk all may be very, very different. So I think these companies end up asking themselves a lot of questions about one, you know, how to monetize payments. Are they willing to invest in terms of building out that infrastructure that I talked about earlier? What is their risk appetite? And you and I, you know, we see it every day in discussing where that software company is on their payments journey. So it really just depends is probably the answer to your question. But what I can tell you is that we are excited to offer a solution for them. Despite where they are in their payment journey, we can meet them where they want to be met, whether it's with referral payback as a service or full-blown payback. Can you tell me a little bit about, can someone start at the referral level? You know, I know the answer to this, but I'd love to hear your take on it and then graduate up the chain, so to speak. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the core thesis and the value proposition that we've been articulating for the last year and a half. As I just said, we are meeting software companies where they want to be met. So, so in theory, you could start out as an integrated payments referral partner, you could move to PayFAC as a service. And lastly, you could move on to full, full-blown PayFAC if you want to take on the additional responsibility. And I've seen various software companies come in at certain points in that payments journey. And we're all seeing this increased demand for software businesses to monetize payments, whether it's referral PayFAC or PayFAC as a service. So if you think about it, a software company wanting to get into payments or already in payments they can actually crawl, walk, run. They can stay in one model as long as they want or, or as long as they feel comfortable. But at the end of the day, in the hybrid model, we believe there's a lot of opportunity for these verticalized software providers to scale quickly and achieve that payments outcome they want. Well, I mean, I guess when you're thinking about it from the software's point of view, how important is making a decision at the beginning of the process or when they decide to go down one of these routes? Because I I've seen a couple of of companies never monetize payments, never have even a referral relationship, and they want to go full-blown payback. Just tell me a little bit about your thoughts on on how important that is for the actual software company. Yeah, I think I mean I think that's really important. I'd, I'd say it's a it's a huge decision for the software company because they're determining right out of the gate how they're going to embed payments, how they will sell payments, how they will engage with their clients. This is one of the reasons why. Even our business development cycles take a long time. It's because we're good, we're good listeners, consultative listeners. And to really do that effectively and to strategically align on things like, you know, that overall appetite for risk or do they have ops management capabilities today? You know, how much do they want to be in control of their customer experience? How much do they want to be in control of funding? or even risk and underwriting. So I think these are all super important questions. And it's not, it doesn't always just come back to say financial modeling. It's really, it's core decision-making about how they want to go into the overall payback space. So 
The other thing that, you know, we ask a lot of questions about whether they're in this referral payback as a service or payback model is we do want to guard against the software company picking a solution that isn't either right for them today or, or right for them tomorrow. Because a lot of times they'll come into a referral model, but clearly they want to own servicing. And so they need to move to payback as a service or they start in payback as a service and they clearly can be a payback in one to two years. So those are all conversations and decisions we we make early on with the software companies. And I will add, Bob, is one really cool thing as companies start out, even in referral or payback to service, and they leverage that software suite, that software suite, the portal offerings, you know, all the things that uh, that we've built out, and they want to go down a payment facilitator path. The good news is the software is the same, the portal's the same, the coding is all the same. They will just need to augment their internal infrastructure. They'll need to be taking on risk and underwriting, and they'll have to adhere to you know, all the other requirements for registration. Now, that's really helpful. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I mean, do you have any final thoughts you want to leave with the audience today? Yeah, I mean, well, first, you know, I've been doing this for a while. Uh, actually, we've both been doing this for a while. <laughs> and I've seen, you know, I've seen these sort of disruptive moments. Like I said, you know, back in like I call it like 2000 to 2014, that was that was the software referral model disruption timeframe. And then I'd say we started to see a movement to kind of larger players of payment facilitation and say like, I don't know, 2015 and beyond. So we really had the bookends, right? We had referral all the way to uh, to payment facilitation. And even though we were all talking about it and there was a lot of this desire for this middle model or this payback as a service model, there was a lot of talk about it, but there wasn't a lot of options either to go build it or go acquire it. So I think the exciting thing is there's no shortage of verticalized software solutions for both card present and, and card not present transactions. And you know, in the last three or four years, we've seen a, a tremendous acceleration of this middle model. And I think that tends to create both leaders and, and followers, Bob. And I think that keeps yes. us, I think it keeps it really exciting, but I also think it keeps us on our toes. So as I think about growth, I'm you know also eager to see how this middle model plays out in both the domestic and international expansion. And then if you think about, if you look at what's happened in the last couple, six months or a year timeframe, you're starting to see all this other embedded FinTech offering too. So issuing, lending, banking as a service, you know, different funding solutions. So not only do we think about the payback as a service solution as a high growth solution or high growth option for us, but we're starting to see all these other bolt-ons on top of it, not to mention domestic and international expansion. So I think with all that, it's good times ahead. Yeah, I agree with you, Steve. And I really want to thank you for being on the show. Having spent quite a bit of time with you over the past 18 months, I know that we're both big believers in sharing knowledge and experience. So again, really appreciate you joining us here today. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me, Bob. And uh, anytime, let's do it again. We want to be a trusted resource for software providers who are out there trying to make sense of embedded payments and finance and to help them get the education they need to make the business decisions their customers and investors will thank them for. 
Thank you for joining us today on the Payfac Embedded Payments Podcast, brought to you by Payrix. For more information about embedded payments, subscribe to our show at payrix.com slash podcasts.